Hey, how's it going? Hey, Brandon. How you doing? Good afternoon. Happy yes, good Sunday. afternoon. Happy Sunday. How's your week been? My week has been pretty good. Uh, this week was... This is the week... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, last weekend, I went to D.C., went to go see T-Pain, and so... The week after, like, a trip always feels weird because you feel refreshed. So this was the, like, a refreshing week. Oh, beautiful. That's great. Yeah, I think it depends on the trip sometimes. I've yes. had trips where I've come back and I'm like, give me another vacation. That was that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. How was T-Pain? Uh, great. Played songs I knew, did a few covers. It was interesting because... It was a smaller venue, so like I had, like I didn't pay for any special seating. Like I had general admissions, like standing, mm -hmm. better seats because you were closer to them or. Okay. Um, instead of being like upper in in the upper decks, um, but no, it was a great time. That's awesome, man. It kind of it's a it's a nice little reminder for me. I've been uh, meaning to like go see more artists, like mm. artists that I like or you know whatever appreciate. Um. Have you ever heard of Prof, P-R-O-F? No, I have not. Uh, he's he's amazing. I think like four or five years ago, I don't remember when, I like stumbled across his music and I didn't like recognize, like, because usually I just do like Spotify, Discover, and then cycle through, but then it just kept recommend, like I kept liking the same songs, or rather songs by the same artist. And I go back and was like, what the hell is this? I was like, what? I'm, okay. But, and then I went on... Um, like Ticketmaster to try to find like a show and he doesn't like tour enough or like never passes wherever I am you know that's so. yeah that's the interesting thing like if you like someone who is like a little underground or unknown it's like man they never do shows or it's like yeah. in weird places at weird times you know yeah, and like and then you're like should I travel to this other random state just to see this one guy yes like, yeah so, uh, yeah, so today's podcast, like, I think this might be a nice little experiment for us to, like, just kind of try to theme them a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, like, if you got something happening in your life, though, we can, we can take that as a priority and, like, take it, you know what I mean, whatever mm -hmm. direction. So, but I figured, um, you know, last week, we, we've talked about fitness a ton. Obviously, it's your, you know, your, uh, expertise and whatnot mm -hmm. so uh you know i actually thought about like inviting some other folks to this call unfortunately they weren't really available um <laughs> who are all like you know trainers and like different perspectives and i was like oh it'd be really fun if i sort of like mediate and like let you guys sort of like talk do you know what i mean oh like um, a round table like, yeah yeah kind of like i'd be like the like do you know what i mean like just sort of posing questions and so that got me thinking it was like well all right well like let me why don't we do that format anyway kind of but it'll just be like me kind of interviewing you more or less right mm -hmm. um and obviously like kind of take it as it as it goes but you know this will be a hopefully a fun little podcast and then a lot of the questions are probably selfish so <laughs> <laughs> uh you down for that yeah i'm down okay all right so let's see let's see let's see let's see so uh let's see some history right um uh, uh what was like the moment that you discovered fitness for yourself like what was the if 
what was that point where you knew, like, did you know right away? You're like, oh yeah, fitness is like my, well, I guess there's two parts to it, right? There's your personal passion. And then when you're like, I also want to pursue this as a craft, I'm trying not to use the word career, but like, yes, you know, yeah. So I would say, like everyone, my fitness journey started when I was younger. Like I had really low self-esteem. And so how old, how old were you? Hmm, I want to say I was in let's do let's do uh like school year. So I was in maybe mm-hmm. mm, I was out of I wanna say out of eighth so high school. I would say around high school, that's when that started. Okay. And what was, what was that? Like, what was the first time that you, you're like, I'm going to go lift some heavy things. Like, well, can you, t- do you remember that day? So when I first started lifting, it was all just about getting a six pack. Cause that's what I deemed as cool. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. everyone in the beginning of their fitness journey, they say, Oh, a six pack is cool. Cause you see the one cool kid in your school and he's like taking off his shirt. He has a six pack and you're like, ah, people like him. It must be because mm-hmm. it's sick because of his six pack. And so I remember training at home, like doing home workouts, looking at uh, uh, YouTube videos about like how to get a six pack in 30 minutes or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's where my fitness started. And that was probably the most unhealthiest uh, my like fitness journey has been because it was like all externally motivated. All right. I feel and this person me or I'll be cooler in school. So I think, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think that that's from my point of view and obviously you've, you know, you've trained, I've got a few questions about that. Like you've trained and spoken to a lot of people, you know, around their personal fitness journeys. Um, But I think it's almost always external. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, whether it's for aesthetics, um, my case was a little bit unusual. Um, Wasn't really getting along with my dad and I didn't want to be, beat up anymore so i got strong mm-hmm. um but uh but it was still external right it was very little that was like i you know well i imagine maybe there's some folks who are, like watch comics and they're like i want to be superman or something yeah i feel like a lot of times people say oh you're so motivated for lifting like i wish i was like you and i, was, and I always tell them like motivation changes throughout your lifting career throughout your lifting journey like sometimes you're highly motivated sometimes you're not sometimes you're only motivated through external means like oh summer's coming up or you change and it's all internal um and so it's about riding those waves and not um thinking like oh i'm a horrible person because like i'm lifting because of this or i'm lifting because of that um i just found that when it was external when i didn't get the reactions i was looking for it made me want to stop working out and that was the issue with that type of uh motivation it's if you don't get your uh results from like other sexes um or other people or just Mm -hmm. whoever you're trying to impress then it really derails you because you're like oh wait did i not work out hard enough you you weren't doing it for yourself yeah Yeah, i I think that's a such a good lesson (laughs) Yeah, so it it tends not to stick when you do it for someone else and because you can't control their reaction to whatever you're doing. They don't even know about this little fitness journey you're doing for them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, Um, I mean, I can't can't tell you how many times I, uh, 
we you know uh there's a little spark of a person mm-hmm. um and i'm like i i wasn't doing anything yesterday but today i'm gonna run five miles or something stupid i'm just like you know like it, it's happened i remember it happened um I was in college and and so on. and i was just like <laughs> looking back at it that's really funny that's really funny. yeah so like when did it shift for you that it became internal It became internal when I got to college. So when I got to college, I was very tiny. I was maybe 130 um, as a like freshman in college. And so when I got to college, I was like, man, I'm way too tiny. I need to be bigger. Um, And so I started like actively going to the gym for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I met a friend who was a little one year older than me, knew Mm -hmm. all about the gym. And so he kind of like took me under his wing. And so that's when my motivation changed from like external, uh, mm-hmm. hey, I want a six pack, hey, I want to be bigger, to like, hey, I just mm-hmm. enjoy it. Like it's time with my buddy. Did you find that? Um, yeah. So it's time with your time with your buddy. Like, did, was there a level of like friendly competition that also kept you motivated? Or yes. So my friend was stronger than me, and so it was always like, hey, I kind of want to be just like you. So. Mm-hmm. It was more like, oh, he can do everything I want to do. So I looked up to him. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a great baseline. Like finding a workout buddy is great, especially ones that are either someone you can look up to or they're trying to get the same. They're trying to um, work towards the same goal you are because you mm-hmm. can constantly either put each other or you have someone who can you can follow because they they laid a groundwork for you. I got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um you know, like the, I remember my very first time going to like a gym, gym. Um, I was very, very young, but it was uh, not an uncle per se, but like a, a relative-ish who he had like, I guess, free family memberships or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it was my first time going to the gym. I was, you know, just never really lifted heavy. Th- I mean, maybe I lifted dumbbells. I don't know. Right. But like, I remember showing up and he's like, you know, this is how you curl and like all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is, uh, it, it was, uh, it was really nice. It was really nice to have someone that kind of helps get you, you know, gets you in there, gets you, gets you through the door. And then you sort of, you, you set into that comfort and you're like, Oh, I like this a lot. And I remember, um, uh, he only came with me one time, um, but then he let me use his like extra membership, I guess, to to go to this gym. And uh, I was still in middle school, and I remember um, as depending in class, it was pretty quiet. I'd say, right, like outside of class, it was a little different, but in class, it was pretty quiet. And I remember um, I was just sitting there, and you know, super young, just sort of like just biceps and. Uh, like a girl commented on, on she's like, oh, are you, and I'm like, well, that that's great. That feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's 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 really cool. So, when did you decide that you wanted to not just do this for yourself? Um, so when did you pick your major? Like, is that right yeah. away? Yeah. So I picked my major uh, pretty early, like before going to college. Uh, and that was psychology because my goal was to understand the mind. Like I was fascinated by 
consciousness, just how people think, how people become who they are. Um, and so started lifting in college while studying psych. Uh, mm-hmm. After my friend graduated, it was up to me to just work out on my own. So that was a period when it was like, hey, do I actually really like this? Like, what am I trying to get out of lifting now? Mm-hmm. Um, and then around my sophomore year, that's when I was like, you know what? I think I would be good at training people. Like, I started uh, taking the lessons I learned from him mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. training some of my friends. Um, and then that's mm-hmm. how I went from there. Okay. So uh, what was your... Um... Let me try to think here. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's definitely a cool transition. Do you see, uh, I guess, positive feedback? So like you brought in, you know, like you had a friend that kind of brought you in, and then you got a friend, you know, that you kind of brought under your wing, right? And you're like, hey, let me show you what I know. Yes. Where did you did you get gratification of like kind of feeling like a teacher? Or did you see results and you're like, oh, I can, like, what, what, do you recall, like, what part of it made you really take it seriously, I guess? So, because of my psych background, I always had a a good understanding of, like, anatomy, stuff like that. So, like, I always Mm -hmm. enjoyed the hard sciences. Um, And then after training a few of my friends and just understanding that, like, hey, I'm, like I'm pretty good at explaining these concepts. Like it's easy for me to uh, troubleshoot people's issues when we are lifting and they seem to be responding well to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so close to the end of my collegiate career or college career, I was like, what if I went into like some type of training? Like I already Mm -hmm. do it now. I work out now. And there's like more, there's more stuff I want to learn about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that summer, uh, um, stayed up at school, just worked out, um, and focused on like studying for, uh, my training cert- certification, um, mm-hmm. and then working at a gym called sweat fitness shortly after that, after that summer. Did you, did you stick with your psych major all the way through and then get the certification on top or did you sort of change your major to align with, uh, with the school now? I stuck with the psych major all the way through. So I have a BS in psychology I started tailoring my classes to gain as much experience in um, exercise science as, as possible, just because I had a lot of electives like my senior year, or just like mm-hmm. free stuff I could do. Um, and so, yes, stuck with psych throughout. Um, but by, by the time I left college, like I already had the knowledge to pass the class. Um, Got it. And so like going into it, they were always saying like, oh, um, make sure you study this, make sure you look at this because this is really tricky. And then for me, it was just like a lot of common sense things just because of my lifting background. And so like it transitioned well. Like I, did, I didn't feel like I had a gap in knowledge because I did psych throughout. Uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. What uh, what was the certification? Like what was the, was there a curriculum that you had to follow in tandem or was it sort of like building up your studying for a test and then passing it? What was that? Like, I'm not, it's very far. Uh, my curious. certification is uh, short in short terms. It's a CSCS or certified strength and conditioning uh, specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like a two part test. Um, one is just applied science. Like, do you know how the body works? Do you know what this muscle is? Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. other one was like practical. So it's like Johnny is doing X, Y, and Z. 
what's happening here. There was a nutrition portion. And so like there are a ton of different certifications out there that will allow you to train regular people. Um, some of them have, there are other ones that have little subsections that are considered like either better or worse. So like the one I got is considered the highest one you can get because it allows you to train like uh, athletes or professionals. Got it. Okay. So, so, so curious now, um, was there something that you learned through the kind of like a more formal education around fitness um, that has stuck with you and has held true? Like what would be, I mean, I'm sure there's more than one thing, but what, what is the thing that you're like, ah, like that, that early information really grounded me? Or do you, do you think that you've sort of really, really changed, really evolved from, from that starting point? Um, I'm not sure if I can give a concrete answer for that. I did. So the one thing I can kind of think about that may answer this question i had a professor once so when exercise called the workout you start with your compound lifts first your most dangerous your most complex mm -hmm. isolate down from there so like broad to narrow um oh why, why why do you do that that seems counterintuitive okay. for me yeah yes, like now, it seems like you'd want to do uh, get everything warmed up, I guess, and then oh, start you, combining things. Sorry, you cut out. I mean, me, me, yeah, I'm actually, you're, you're a little cutting out for me occasionally as well. I don't know if that's just on my end or not. But um, my question is like, when I'm thinking like, okay, co uh, compound movements, right? That's moving multiple muscle groups, body parts at the same time, correct? And, uh, um, and so you know i understand there's like warming up warming up but like if you're you know it, it feels safer i guess to to start to move like isolated stuff before yeah. combining but you're saying that's wrong and it's actually the other way around so i'm trying so, to understand why yes yeah. so what you'll learn in the textbooks they'll say all right start with you're pushing your chest tricep and shoulder you would start with something like an overhead press, press, like, like fatiguing your triceps. Brandon, I apologize. So we don't keep going too far, and, and I, I don't really edit these episodes. Um, you're breaking up occasionally on my end. Uh, okay. So uh, it might be the rain. Give me one second. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just bring come closer. Um, so yeah, just let me know when I'm breaking up again. How was that? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll I'm trying not to interrupt you, but um, yeah, if you don't if you don't mind turning over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so yes, so let's say we were working our pushing muscles. Uh, will we do bench press first, or will we do tricep extensions? We would do the bench press first. Now, we also don't want to go into that with any fatigue because there's. If there's fatigue on the system, there's a chance for error. There's a chance for you to die. You can die on bench press easier than you can die on tricep extensions. And so that sets the order of your workout, usually. That's how you learn it in um, just like a standard textbook. Okay. Um, and I remember I, I brought that up to my professor one time. And I was like, oh, why? Because he said he was talking about his wrestlers. He said, I would make my wrestlers um, like wrestle first, like just get very tired and then do their compound lifts. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, isn't that wrong? Like, what, you want the compound list first? He's like, it all depends. And that's when I learned, when it comes to fitness, the answer is always, it depends. There is no concrete. There's no, like, absolute. And so... Right, there's, there's you got to account for a lot yes, of variables. I mean, this there, is, it's, it's the same thing with software architecture as well. The answer, it's, it's almost a cliche, but it depends is the yes. answer. When people are like, you can give me the definitive. Um, I, I understand. So I get that. I understand that. So, you know, I do think that there's probably still uh, kind of a methodology, something that you've found to be true, even though I understand that each situation is tailored and is custom. There's like a North, have you found a North star for yourself within training that has um, really served you well? Or I can ask this question a little differently as well. Uh, North star in training, something that has served me well. Hmm. Like this could be very technical. Yes. Um, It could also be a mindset. I think I'd be more curious for the technical bit. Um, if, if there's something tech that you've, you know, like I'll use the like knees over toes guy, right? He's mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this is, we, if we, if we train this, you're going to get like, it unlocks so much more. It's the, it's the foundational stone or something like that. Um, where, you know, d- discussing sort of, yes, there are special cases, but for 80% of you know, folks, if we train this, it becomes, or if we train this way, um, I find it to be really effective. Gotcha. So I don't really prescribe to like any type of training. Like there are some people out there that say, oh, only train like this because this is the most optimal. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually try to tailor everything to the client, but the things I always push on to everyone is like, hey, we need to do more back work we need to do more back of the leg work so like hamstring stuff so like i just mm. tell people like hey you don't we don't pull enough in life and unless you mm. want to end up an older person that's like hunched over you can't stand up um then we need to do some more pulling work and so i'll tailor the program to the person but everyone will always have a ton of pulling work a ton of hamstring work a ton of glute work because those things will improve our quality of life the uh the pulling work are they like um uh you know i always forget the names of all the different exercises even though i've been doing them forever uh, but you know pulling down um pulling back yes. pulling up like what, yes. what 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 uh kind of pulling motion or like you know do you try to emphasize if you can fit only maybe one or two Yes. So if you could only hit one, then pulling back, like pulling some type of weight towards your chest would be the best because Mm -hmm. we talked about this. It's like a horizontal row Mm and allows you to draw your shoulder blades back. And that's what we're Mm -hmm. looking for. The body's very use it or lose it. And so if you're not active, if you aren't moving into these ranges often, your body will say, I guess we don't need that. Yeah. So feel that yeah I feel that regularly yes and so <laughs> vertical pulling will help too because it just mm-hmm. it's building up your back muscles but if you could only pick one and you're saying mm-hmm. all right what's one which one is the most efficient for the goal I'm yeah. trying to attain horizontal yeah. would in my opinion would be the best because of that added motion in that opposite direction 
when so you mentioned like we don't do enough pulling in our lives on a day-to-day basis right um yes. uh do, is it you know is it mostly that or is it also very like the the folks being hunched over like looking at phones yes is is that more of a recent kind of emphasis yeah oh so this is important let's talk about this because this is going to get bad okay yes we need to pull more in life why because it keeps us upright but also we need to counteract this new stress that's happening of people just hunched over at computers people being at phones and so you can just like walk down the street and look at the younger generation um mm-hmm. like upper back area and you'll see that these people are very hunched over they have very forward necks and you're like oh that looks weird why do they look yeah. like that and it's because of yeah. the phones it's, it's because of the, it's all of the technology so so it is fixable though because i'm you know i'm getting very <laughs> self-conscious now <laughs> what what uh what can yes. we, uh so this is just pulling back more consistently pulling back more consistently the thing you'll have to understand is that this didn't happen overnight and so this didn't happen overnight it didn't happen in one year it took Mm -hmm. some years to build up and so if you are in a position where you're like hey i have this i can see this rounded back rounded upper back i really don't like it what Mm -hmm. what do i do do more pulling how long (laughs) for years um, you well, have to do... so, so I've heard you say this before, right? Which yes. is like, you didn't get here overnight. Therefore, you should sort of not expect to get where you want to go overnight. I understand and, and, and I very much get that. Here's a question, though. Like, the be a little bit of a, you know, contrarian, I guess. Yes. Um, you know, the... Can you speed up and offset your results with intensity in other words if you know yes i was hunched over right or like looking down uh but that was without and let's say i did that for, mm-hmm. i don't know 10 10 years right uh i did that for 10 years i was hunched over looking down but i didn't have any weight associated to it right there's no like pressure pushing me down yes um or pulling me down rather could I, if I add weight, if I had like five pounds, 10 pounds to pull back, right? Can I cut the duration of like, in other words, you have yes. to wait 10 years to, to get to normal or can I get there in five? Can I get there in yes. one by just increasing the intensity? Right. So, yes. Cause I feel, I feel like, you know, saying like, well, you didn't get there overnight and you're like, fuck, am I ever going to get out of it? <laughs> like, so yes i would say it's not like a one-to-one ratio it's it's not like oh if it took you five years to get there it's going to take five years to get back Mm -hmm. and so your intensity the intent that you do the movement your consistency will all shorten your time Mm -hmm. um also your recovery are you because what are we doing we are building muscles and that takes time so are you also eating properly are you also sleeping properly and so yes let's say it took you five years to get (laughs) deformed say so to speak and you you want to get undeformed it's not going to take you five years to get there it may take less but it all depends on how consistent you are how Mm -hmm. much you adhere to the program that you set in front of you okay i like i I feel like that injects a bit of hope and positivity (laughs) um but um so 
slight, uh, slight tangent, I guess. Um, so you've had a lot of clients over the years, yes. right? Um, obviously, like there's been all sorts of shapes and sizes, but I'd be kind of curious to kind of dig into your experience. Uh-huh. Um, just seeing other people's journeys uh, and, you know, uh, it, it could we could certainly take it like like things that you have done specifically, but uh, I'd be interested to understand like kind of averages and things like that have, that have worked for people. So like out of like all of your clients, what's been what was the best success story that you that you recall? Um, like what do you feel makes that person's transformation just think? So I would say. It all depends. So people of different ages have different goals. And so certain goals that I have reached with clients, it's like, oh, that's cool. Um, But that pales in comparison to this other goal, which improves this person's quality of life. And so like I had a client who had very bad knees and a bad lower back. And when he first came in, he was like, hey, I have a heart issue. Um, I need to work out because like I need to lose weight, but like I can't because my knees hurt and my back hurt. So I just never know what to do. And so our first goal was just figuring out what can we do to improve the uh, the health of his knees and lower back? Because if they were healthier, then he would just have more confidence. He would want to move more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say that was my greatest success story because we got to a point where like, he was like, man, my knees are great. Like he started running again. He's like, oh, my lower back feels great. I don't like like he would hate going to sleep because he was he would say when i wake up my back hurts the most like he thought it was his bed that was destroying his back mm. um and so when his back felt better he was able to sleep better and so that success story ranks higher to me because it's like these That's little really changes rewarding. yeah you you you, you person's life it wasn't just like oh i was ready for the beach or i was able to do a pull up all those are great yeah. goals too but when yeah. you're able to change someone's like outlook on their life, that's when you're like, oh, snap, actually, like I'm actually doing a good job. Like I'm doing something good that's for amazing. society, basically. That's one person at a time. That's beautiful. So you wanted me to mention when you're breaking up a little bit, um, there's a little bit there towards the end, but um, okay. everything up to this point sounded, sounded amazing. Um, so. I, okay, I absolutely see how that is really, really rewarding. Just being, you know, ch- helping someone's quality of life, like, feel must feel amazing. Um, yes. So, like, when I first started training, my goal was to work with athletes because I was like, oh, they're going to be so easy. Like, you can program anything for them because they should know what to do. Mm-hmm. And as I started, when I started working at Sweat, it was a big box gym. And so I worked with the general population a lot. And you run mm-hmm. into a lot of people who are just trying to live life a little bit more comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just have these issues that they don't know why. Like, they're like, oh, my knee hurts, but I have never fallen. And I have never done anything to it. I just woke up one day. Um, and so, so what, what do you what do you think really changed for for this individual that had? Because uh, I'm also I'm sure that you had similar folks with maybe not the exact same ailments, but, you know. Um, health-based sort of disabilities, so there's mm-hmm. a, quite a quite a bit at stake, right? And you know, I'm sure that not, I mean, unless I'm wrong, not all of them were successful. So, what do you feel that made this person's journey a success? Like, was it was it his really 
his her relationship with you um you know kind of taking the advice um maybe does just kind of boil down to consistency but even if it is consistency sort of like why do you think there was it, consistency there yes so it was adherence to the program so he trusted me so like he would come in and i would say all right this is what we're going to do today because i think this will make the knees better um we're going to do this today because i want to test something and so, mm -hmm. like, sometimes we would do a movement and he would say, "Ooh, that hurts. And he would be, like, in pain for the rest of the session. But he mm -hmm. didn't just stop and he didn't blame me. Like, he trusted the process. And okay. so when a client has full trust in you, then they'll mm -hmm. come in and do whatever you want. And then it's hopefully you take their best interest in mind and you guide them to where they need to be. I vote question about that and i still want to kind of circle back to to this general topic yes there's a emphasis on like a mind body connection that's something that i've learned right so if you're lifting you want to get bigger like you should think about the muscle as you're moving it right mm -hmm. um you know so i've had trainers before i've trained under you um for for a while like i i like to think that i'm pretty good at sort of like following instructions and sort of following what I'm told. But I also kind of, when I, if I, when I reflect back, um, um, there was very often it was very kind of like my mind would just go blank. If that mm -hmm. Like I was very much just like, I'm a robot. I'm going to go through the motions. And I was not, um, I was not creating that connection. Right. So I, my question is, how is that connection really all that important? Like, really to think about your 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 movement, or can I just execute ten reps and those are ten reps? Like, based, yeah. Yes. So that's a great question, and I was listening to a podcast recently, and this guy was just to like take a little information from him. He was saying like, hey, as a lifting professional you know all of these like little tweaks that you can make to make you to make you like feel a muscle more connected to it and everything mm -hmm. but when you're working with a beginner why bog them down with that like some people just need to know how to work out hard and so for you to say like is it very important to have that mind muscle connection it mm -hmm. depends <laughs> it depends what stage mm -hmm. are you at do i need mm -hmm. to teach you to um just actually work out hard do I need to teach you to actually um, just control the weight better? Um, those are the things I'm thinking about. So like I'll be working with a client and I'll think to myself, should I tell them about this like little nuance, little tweak that they can do to really feel their chest uh, like explode? Or should I just say, hey, give me 10 reps. And as long as you have control on the way down and you're moving in a safe manner, there's there's no reason to bog you down with the those finer details until you're ready. Yeah. Um, so I would say in the beginning, just getting 10 reps is good enough. As mm -hmm. you get better at the movement, then you need to ask yourself, ooh, how do I need to hold my body? How do I need to orientate myself to really get the maximum uh, like work or returns out of this? Yeah, to just be more time efficient. Yes. That, um, it, it, it's funny what you said earlier, though. You know, like you have all this knowledge, these little tweaks and um, I would imagine it could be difficult to 
you know, keep your, like to not say anything, um, to sort of be patient with yourself to, uh, or, or, or am I wrong? Like, I feel like oftentimes I'm like, I'm, I get into that mindset of wanting to be helpful, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, I, I tend to just keep going and keep going and keep going. And I'm like, wait a sec. Well, I just, I just overwhelmed them. Right. Like it would have been way better if I just you know gave these two things and they would have been good. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, was that something that you kind of learned with experience or is that something that kind of comes naturally to you where you're like, you're, you, you've got that kind of, uh, self-control of the tongue i don't know what the <laughs> i would say yeah. reflecting on it now i would say it's it comes naturally to me uh mm -hmm. i don't really know how i was when i first started training like every year i feel like i get better at training mm -hmm. um now what i think about is always keep it as simple as possible like you when i first started training i always thought i needed to impress my clients in some way or another and now I'm just like, they're here. They trust me enough. Keep it simple. Like, I don't need to impress you with crazy jargon and yeah. make you f think that I'm smart. So I so I don't if there's no reason to give out that knowledge, I'll say, oh, I'm not trying to confuse you. Let's just keep it simple. You're doing great. Um, but if we're at that stage and I'll say, all right, let's talk about this fancy thing right here where you're going to do this. And then when they actually feel it, I'm like, oh, that validates me. Because then they're like, wow, you know what? I actually felt it because of that small tweak. Um, and so I hold my tongue until they're ready, until they yeah. can appreciate the tweaks. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, one. Got to applaud you for, you know, like it, you have a very healthy ego. Uh, I think I think that that's sort of as you were saying that, like, I was like, oh, like I started reflecting. I was like is that why I do it? Is that why like I overshare is I'm just <laughs> subconsciously trying to impress like, and it's subconscious. It's not, it's not mm -hmm. even, like, you know what I mean? But like, uh, very interesting, very like, that's good for food for thought. Um, what, um, so I wanted to like, yeah, circle back to some of your other clients. Right. Um, have you ha seen a transformation that like kind of shocked you? Like, like, whatever that person's goals were, whether they were health or aesthetic fitness or strength or whatever, um, you were like, okay, this is going to be the progression. And then they're like, oh my God, like you're here, right? Like what, um, what kind of set, if, if you had that experience, um, what kind of set that person apart? Like what would be something that I'm hoping others can learn from? Or was it just a weird specimen? Hmm. Let me think about that. Let me go through my clients real quick. Uh, and I'll just pick out one at random. So one one of my clients wanted to get very stronger on bench, um, mm -hmm. like bench press. Uh, and so the interesting thing about him is every time we worked out, if any weird thing happened he would be like "Ooh, i feel like i'm going to injure myself i think we should stop um so there you'll get a lot of different personalities when you're training and mm -hmm. one of those personality traits is like "Ooh, i don't like how that feels i think i'm going to stop like i don't like i don't want to work hard per se mm -hmm. um because i feel like i'm going to hurt myself um and so i would say how did we get over that hump for him 
so interesting so i'm just i'm, I'm gonna jump ahead here to yeah uh, i feel like what you're hinting at here is that um initially when you're when you when you brought that up i i was just like wait a second the thing that has made this person very successful um was stopping but then you're saying no no, no that was the blockade to to, to grow <clears throat> Yeah. well yes yes and no because we stopped okay. so often we explained a lot and then he felt comfortable because he okay. he felt so because we had to explain so much he felt comfortable when we had to make jumps i would say like hey this is going to be hard but mm-hmm. you got this and mm-hmm. that confidence that hey I, I survived that previous session or hey i felt this weird thing but he told me it was okay and i survived um, so I was I would say that skepticism of his of like always questioning things and getting questions answered. Like I love mm-hmm. when clients say, hey, why are we doing this? Hey, I've seen this on this. Why are not we doing that? Because it's a chance to educate. Mm-hmm. And so in his case, I was able to educate him along the way. And that helped him adhere to the program better because he knew like, hey, because of the previous work I did, I should be able to do this. And because I was able to do this, like I'm more confident for the next time. Um, and so, so it's, I was, it's, it's curiosity, curiosity. So, yes, I would yeah. say curiosity slash some form of healthy skepticism where you're like, wait, why are we doing this? Um, because then you're able to explain it to the person. And then maybe when you say it out loud, you say, oh, this actually doesn't make sense. Maybe I want to tweak this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the best part about training. Everyone's like a puzzle that you need to figure out. And so it's what, like, all right, what pieces work best? What was this person's actual transformation like? And to kind of put some maybe numbers around it. Where uh, do they start? And how yes. fast? And where do they end? So he went from benching 95 pounds to benching 225. Ooh. Yeah. It's that's, like... That's impressive. That's yes. a very big jump. So he he was big enough where like, he should have had strength but because of that mindset of like oh whenever i feel like a little tweak i'm just going to stop he would never progress deep enough into like whatever he was doing because he would say oh i always get hurt and i did not then i just stop doing it forever okay so on that um like what what does pushing yourself feel like oh like how do you how do you push yourself beyond like average but also avoid injury um you know i'll while you think about that like uh the i forget a couple days ago i just decided to go nuts i was Mm -hmm. like i was like i really don't care if i rip things i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm just gonna push and i'm just gonna like fucking yell through it and uh and get on the other side and i mean the satisfaction was immense um and i didn't tear anything right but I feel like, how do you, how do you know? Like, you know, obviously there's pain, but like, I feel like success is beyond pain. It's just the question is, where, where do you? Yes. How, how do you know? How do you feel the right amount of, yeah. Yes. So there's different ways you can go about this. Um, if you have someone that can look at you and they have like a good eye for telling detail, then that's mm-hmm. one way. So like in, early in my lifting career, I probably didn't push hard enough. Like you remember Brandon, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So he, 
when I was working out, he used to work out like alongside me because he was stronger than me. So he would watch over me and he would always say, you're just a pussy. Like you need to like lift harder. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm done. He's like, no, it looked easy. And so sometimes you just need another set of eyes, someone to watch you because in your head, your mind is saying, telling you, man, this is so hard. Like the weight moved slow. It was probably shaky. But then when you, get that other person to look at or you record yourself, you see it moved mm -hmm. actually fast. Um, and mm -hmm. so one way you can determine if you're going intense enough, just have someone watch you and say like, Hey, how did it look? Did it look like I was dying or did it mm -hmm. look like I could handle more? Mm -hmm. Another way is just from lifting like trial and error. Like I know based off of previous lifts, like years ago, I know based off of previous lifts, like a week ago, um, like how, like my exertion level, like how something should feel. And so going into my second block of training right now, my goal was to increase the intensity. Um, and it's like, all right, what does that mean to you? Does that mean feeling like you're going to throw up each time? So I think you have mm -hmm. to define what increase of intensity is and then just go after it. See if you can survive whatever you're pitting your body through. Um, so, and so as much as we try to avoid injury, if you do want to take, you know, things further, faster to another level, you kind of have to find your, your boundary in order, like you just have to go beyond what is, uh, feels safe. Yes, but smart man, let's say we're doing squats, you throw some mm -hmm. unknown number on it you never did before and you mm -hmm. say, do it's like yeah. all of your balls you don't you don't, you don't want to get crushed by a way yes yeah like I all of, that. Yeah. yeah so like all of your ball to balls to the wall moments should be uh created with um uh i guess you would say like previous knowledge like i know i should be able to do this because mm -hmm. of what i did previously um so i also breaking up a little bit here again sorry about um, that it was, no yeah i'm not sure if there's uh, if you're like moving around but i figured it's a reminder um so i have a tonal i work out with a tonal and mm -hmm. so there's really uh, for the most part and and there's really no risk of getting crushed by weight yes right like i, I let go it's gone the weight is gone um so the there's sort of that that aspect of safety feels covered um, but you know, I've gotten to points where like the pain is serious, like yes. it feels serious and I'm like, but it says two more reps. <laughs> I gotta get those two more reps in and, you know, and I do and we keep going. Um, and like, I have no idea. And like my arms didn't fall off right away. Right. Like, but I don't know what the consequences are going to be tomorrow. Like I, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm getting a lot of pleasure right now in, in, in pushing myself further and in, in mm -hmm. going, going past those barriers. Because uh, I feel like those barriers, it, it, like, you know, we've talked about this in the last pod and some of the other pods and general conversations. Like, like I don't understand why my physique is not where I'd like it to be. And it, I'm like, it's, 
is it is it am I just being a pussy here? You know, hopefully any so, female listener is not offended by that. But like, <laughs> like, so there's always yeah. that side of it. You're everyone's like, oh, am I not working out hard enough? Like, or the, it's like you can always work out harder, bro. Um, but you also got to look at the other side of it. It's like, yes, you can, but if you do work out harder, are you doing the necessary things to recover? Um, again, another uh, like little podcast. I was, podcast i was listening to um or maybe it was something i read it was like yeah lifting is great but the lifting doesn't actually give you or build you the muscle so like you aren't building muscle during your session all you do is yes all you do is put the body in a environment where it can build muscle and so what that means is like after your lifting session after you have stimulated the area then you need to do the required things after. That's your sleep. That's your nutrition. Let me ask you a question about that. Because I, yes. I don't think I fully... I mean, I am your, I've heard this before. So it's not exactly like new information. But I don't think I've really thought about it, right? Okay. Um, okay. So muscle grows when you're recovering. Yes. I, I accept that as truth, right? But don't you recover naturally at some point? Like, does it really matter? Like, like, I guess what I'm trying to understand is like, okay, like if I had a really hard workout and I got my like, you know, whatever hours of sleep in, right. Then maybe I'll see like the results of that tomorrow morning or something. Right. Um, subtle results, but results. Um, but what if I don't? What if I get shitty sleep, right? Maybe I don't see results tomorrow, but, like, that still counts, right? Like, at some point, the body has to recover. Yes. So, is it, aren't those results inevitable? Like, that's what I'm trying to understand. Ye- so, yes. So, the... Efficiently. Are you doing everything in your power to get there? Mm-hmm. I lost you you there for a solid 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start. Are you, yeah. Well, are you building muscle efficiently? And then, yes. So it's, so you got to ask yourself, are you reaching your goal in the most efficient way possible? So if you go lift and you don't sleep well, and then you continue that route, yes, you will probably get to your goal, but it will probably be longer than the person who lift slept really well, ate really well. Mm -hmm. And then mm-hmm. continue that process on. Mm-hmm. Your body will naturally recover, but it's like, when does your body recover the most? When is it most yep. efficient at doing that? It's when you're sleeping. Gotcha. Gotcha. And okay. So yes. So yeah. So like the thing I always tell people is like this this is a long game. Like lifting is something that becomes just a lifetime. And that's how you should think about it. Because if you think about it in the short term, that's when you'll get into these weird things of like, I don't need any sleep. I just, I'm just going to work out for eight hours every yeah. single day. And then like, maybe you do reach your goal, but you, yeah, yeah. you get so gnarled up along the way that you just yeah. lose your joy for lifting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I've been, I've definitely been going to ham and I can't say that I've been resting. Uh, <laughs> I've just, uh, I've been putting in like two, three workouts a day and just, and then sleeping like shit. So it's a good, it's a good reminder. I appreciate that, Brandon. I'll, I'll <laughs> try to, I'll try to do both. <laughs> yes. And not compensate with sleep and then not get those workouts in. But um, how do you know that you've recovered? How do you know that you've, you're good to go again? 
Great question. Um, so a few different ways. You can look at it week by week and say, um, cause you should be like tracking what you're doing, like either through weight or volume. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and say, is it staying the same? Is it increasing or is it going down? If it's, if you did one weight on Monday and then that following Monday, you can't do that weight again, you may have a recovery issue. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you are getting too sore from your workout and you're sore for days on end and it affects other workouts, mm-hmm. you could have a recovery issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, do you have joint pains? Do you have trouble sleeping? Things like that. And some of, so some of it is, gets a little like uh, nuance, like you gotta track. You gotta track yeah, everything. like it's just specific to you. Like, oh, when you oh, are overreaching, yeah. you feel like this. And some of them are like common things that happen with everyone. So it's, you know, I mentioned how long I've been working out for, what I do for a living, like numbers, all that stuff. Seems intuitive. I should be have it figured out. I'm not good at like. I don't like tracking. I don't like tracking calories. I don't mm. like tracking writing shit down. Like it is so like, I think one of the reasons why I really appreciate the the total that I've got is that it like, I, I'm not writing shit down. Like it, it counts it. It remembers what the previous weight was. It, it'll like light up and says new PR. I'm like, yay, new PR. <laughs> like, like I don't think about it. Um, and I, you know, without a doubt would be way more successful if I did, but I kind of wish that wasn't required. I mean, when I say like required to get exceptional results, right? Again, so, like, yes, there's a lot doing something is better than nothing, but for where, you know, the, the peak that I'm trying to climb, like I wish I could climb that peak. So through, you, fe- through feeling. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there, so you, like it's it's great to write your workouts down because it tells you what you did previously and then you can say to yourself well i did 50 pounds last week i realistically should be able to do 60 pounds like you don't you don't have to have great body awareness to look at something and guess like hey this is my next number mm-hmm. but some people just hate writing stuff down and in that situation that person should just, that person should strive uh, to get that body awareness because you should be able to feel when you're going hard enough. So you, you the question you posed previous is like, how do you know if you're mm-hmm. working out hard enough? Yeah, That's when that body awareness comes into play. It's easier for the people who write stuff down because they'll know like, oh, at 50, I couldn't do it. So that's, yeah. that's my limit. Um, this how, is the number I can do. How important is it to like look at your handshaking? Is that really a, you know, and let's, let's assume I'm, I'm a lot of these questions are selfish. Like, so let's mm. not assume like a beginner, right. You're like, Oh, I've never felt this weight or where I'm just, you know, I've never pushed myself, but like, you know, you're doing, you're doing your workout, hands are shaking. Right. Um, is that an indicator that you should lower your weight or is it like, you know, I don't know. I, uh, I've, I I continue to push through shaking hands. I think I maintain form well. Like I do, I do pay attention to form, but the shaking of the hands. You know, I look at that sometimes. It was like, you know, it, I don't know. But again, this is all comes back to like feel. Like, how do I feel? Yes. What, what what do I listen for in, in my body to know? 
So that would be hard to answer from my perspective, from my point of view, because mm-hmm. like I, you wouldn't be able to extra- extrapolate that to everyone because your mm-hmm. shaking hands could be because you're work- you're working on a tonal and maybe mm-hmm. that requires more stability, like working uh, with dumbbells. Right, so like, right. So like if I saw someone shaking a lot, the mm-hmm. first thing I would say is like, what are we doing? Are we on a barbell and they're shaking a lot? Are we on a machine and they're shaking a lot? Are we on dumbbells? Gotcha. Um, because some equipment requires more stability than others. You may see that shake and that's fine. Like they're able to still perform the movement, but it's a shake because of the stability, like trying to set everything or lock everything in place. Um, I also like I used to do a lot of yard work and my hands would get shaky after that because of the forearms, like they would just get tired. And so shaky hands aren't a good indicator because like maybe you just did a lot of forearm work or maybe you're working with a piece of equipment that requires a lot of stability. So that's Mm -hmm. causing a shake. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So usually what they say is um, like, how do you know you worked out a muscle hard enough? You got a pump. So like it looks visual visually bigger mm-hmm. there's some type of muscle disruption like hey mm-hmm. like you did quads and you can't walk straight anymore that, <laughs> yeah. that would be I, mean, I feel like those those doms i forget what dom stands for but that's what i like that's the best feeling uh i'm like that's when i feel like i've accomplished something even though there's a long recovery yes so those are the indicators you're looking for soreness not so much because that just tells you if you did something new that new thing might have just been been like a new movement um, or like a new uh, weight or rep. So like soreness in the beginning is important because it will highlight the muscle that you worked. Hopefully, if you did a bunch of like arm work, your arms are actually sore, not your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, so like soreness will tell you if the movements you're doing are actually are actually targeting the muscle you're trying to target. Um, and if you did something novel for the body after that soreness is just like random and it doesn't tell you if you had a good workout or not so if you don't get sore it doesn't mean you didn't have a good workout it's just mm-hmm. your body is used to that stress that you're applying to it now okay yeah that makes sense that, that, that's really really helpful um so i think i only have one more question i kind of wrote down here or something to dig into um have you noticed the difference between training men and women e- so Oh, the answer is yes, but the question is, I mean, people are different. And so you'll notice differences between the people. And so when you ask a question like that, there are like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I guess there, there are like differences, like on a micro level, like women can handle volume better than men, like Mm. something like that. Like, like when I train my girl clients, they take less breaks than men. Like they just go Mm. a little bit quicker. Um, and so, like, that's one of the differences that I noticed. But other than that, like, you sometimes people have the same goals. Sometimes people have different goals. Sometimes women only want to focus on lower body. Sometimes yeah. they only want to focus on upper body. You know, the volume thing is super interesting, though, because I've noticed that, um, you know, with the different workouts that I've done, if it's a female trainer, like, the pacing is so much faster yes. than if it's a male trainer. It's just like, yeah, we're going to breathe. <laughs> like, yeah, some water here. I'm like, good. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, so yeah, like there are some differences that are set in stone because of your genes or just because of your chemical makeup. Like when I usually train women, they recover a little bit quicker, they can handle volume better than men. Um, 
there's always that strength difference. I mean, some of my women clients are very strong, stronger than the men clients. So that's always interesting. Um, but like if I'm getting a brand new client and I need to throw weight in their hands, you just do it based off of view. So like I have a male client, you should be able to lift this weight. Uh, may throw, I may throw heavier weight in your hand than like a, a woman client, right? Just right off the beginning until you know the person. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think fundamentally this question is very much a you know genetics based question, like mm -hmm. between, you know what I mean. So, um, what what's it? Uh, do you find uh, training a male versus a female like one being easier? Is it really bad? Mm. Uh, that kind of what about that kind of perspective not just sort of like i think the volume thing is fascinating yes um, but i'm curious what you know some of the more mindset kind of questions uh so that observed yes so i mean everyone will have a different answer i would say when i first started training training men was easier for me because most of the time they had similar goals and mm -hmm. so i didn't have to go too far out of my comfort zone to satisfy or, or like uh create their programs because it was like things i was doing i would say like hey i do this you can do this mm -hmm. um when working with women you can't really do this so like they'll just come with a goal and you'll say all right this is what we're going to do to obtain that goal and mm -hmm. so i would say in the beginning men were easier now that i have like leveled up as a trainer uh i would say women are easier <sighs> And I what, would say what, women what, are what easier. What, what, uh, can you can elaborate why, uh, why do you find women to be easier to train now? But they've worked, mm, this is going to sound, I guess it doesn't sound bad, but it doesn't matter. It's yeah. Truth and whatever you're observing is your truth. So, <laughs> oh, let's, yeah. let's explain like this. So, yeah. there are basic movements I want everyone to be good at, like squat, lunge, hinge, push up, pull up. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it t usually women don't have that base level of strength to be good at them mm -hmm. or not be good at them, but like yeah, they don't have that body. base level. They don't have that base level of strength. And so those basic movements give them benefit while like a man, you may have to like start moving into external loading a little bit quicker. Oh, so you're seeing, you're seeing the sort of results and transformations much faster. And that is why you're finding it a much more yes. enjoyable training. Like, um, uh, yeah. That yes. So, sense. yes. So I would say yeah. women would be easier because most times we are using no weight mm -hmm. and we can still get like pretty decent results while you do the same for a man. And he may say like, oh, I want to use heavier weights. Um, yeah. So sometimes the setup is just a little bit easier with women. That makes um, sense. I've uh, I've taught uh, taught a few uh, women how to do pull ups mm -hmm. and it's very it's very satisfying. I mean, of course, it's, you know, like uh, like when I hear like, oh, I can't do a pull. I'm like, bullshit. Watch. Mm -hmm. Watch. <laughs> I guess you can. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, that that makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, is there something like I? I don't have sort of like follow up kind of questions uh, around stuff, but like, what has been? You know, is there anything you want to take this conversation? Uh, so I kind of want to hear about your uh, your six pack journey. How's that going? Uh. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to start sending you some selfies. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I took one, uh, I took one, uh, recently ish and sent it over and like, it really, like, it looks good, 
ish. Like I sent it to my cousin and my cousin's in a very different uh, physical shape than I am. And he's like, you look amazing. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, and, and I feel like, re- like I'm really noticing those, like those flaws and those flaws are really like, I'm like, just take that fucking inch off and it'll be like, it's right there. And so the most recent like selfie that I took, like you could see those upper abs and I'm not like, not, I'm not like flexing. I don't think you could see the upper, you can see the two like up top super fucking clearly. And they're just, the, the bottom is just not there. And I'm like, what the fuck? This feels disproportional. Like they should be equal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's frustrating. And, um, you know, I'm not just, so one of the things that I'm not just paying attention to my six pack, um, I am kind of trying to touch on all aspects of my body. I was very inspired by the Arnold documentary. Absolutely okay. loved, loved it. Um, so I'm looking at my shoulders. I'm like really pushing sh- my shoulders way more further than I have. And I'm getting a lot of satisfaction from that. So even though the abs are, yeah, I'm, I'm, at least I'm seeing transformations other places. Um, I've uh, like realized like, you know, I remember when I used to train with you, um, uh, my ex used to like compliment me on my ass all the time because we used to squat a, mm. a lot. And and I never thought about it. I was like, oh, really? cool. Like, that's great. Like, never never a body part I really give a shit about. And, like, I started looking, you know, in the mirror. I'm like, ah, no. So I started doing it. So, like, now I'm putting effort in that. Like, I'm doing, like, hip thrusts and, and like, single leg. Uh, I forget what the names of these exercises are. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like. <laughs> But yeah, like I'm, I'm doing things for all these, like, I'm just looking at my body and trying to identify those weaknesses, uh, you know, trying to get those bigger thighs and, and so on. And, and I'm still hitting, um, uh, hit workouts like twice a week. So for That's good. like m- mobility is still very much like a, a big priority. Um, this morning I was practicing, uh, pistol squats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, that's, that's going to be a journey, but I watched like a video on how to, you know, the, the progressions yes. steps for it. So I was doing, you know, practicing my ankle and, and then I'm like, and I, as I progress, I'm like, ah, oh, this thing is too tight and I can't, and this is like, and that's a little frustrating. This is, it kind of circles back to, you know, uh, that, conversation about like posture right like mm-hmm. you don't notice it it's not an issue i don't remember things like i don't remember range of motion ever being a problem when i was younger and then you like and then your body like is just like fucking stiffens up yes and, you're, like, and then you just wake up one day and you're like well, why what why this is fine like you know and it doesn't come from injury and it doesn't it just sort of happens so i am trying to I'm trying to attack things on all fronts. Um, but as far as the six pack journey, I mean, dude, I'm sucking it in. I'm trying to do that mind body connection and I'm definitely putting in volume. Am I getting those results? Uh, no. <laughs> so, my question if you, so when you have a goal, you, put a few, you, you pick a few exercises and you say, all right, these are going to reach me to my goal. Um, and then you rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So for your six pack journey, what movements have you done? 
and which ones are you like, oh, this is definitely going to help me. Like, I know yeah. if I just do this for a few more months, like I'll get to mm-hmm. my goal. Like for you, so, what have been those? Yeah. So I focus on uh, volume. So I try to, I try to get 400 crunch like movements okay. every day. Okay. Um, so that could be split across like bicycle kicks, right? So like one, two, like that's mm-hmm. one, you know what I mean? Like, uh, or any variation of it. And I don't do planks. I don't do planks at all. Uh, so it's all crunches. It's all various different types of crunches. Um, and because I see success ish, like obviously it's not where I want it to be either, but like I can kind of see it on those upper abs. I'm trying to focus more on the bottom. So uh, bicycle kicks are the main ones are honestly like the vast majority. I will select a program uh, on tonal that's like core, advanced core, and I'll just go through and do that. Um, I'm still finding my lower back to be somewhat limiting for mm-hmm. certain for certain things. Like I have a pull-up bar um, in my room and like I'll do pull-ups every morning and I, you know, I want to do leg raises, but I can't do leg raises where I feel it in my abs. Mm-hmm. Like it just flares up my lower back and I'm like, I guess I'm done, you know, like, and it's, and it's, and that's the type of pain that doesn't feel like a smart pain to. Yes. Into. Yes. So that's smart. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's sort of that, that, you know, it's kind of it like cable crunches the best. I wish there was a cable crunch version for those lower abs that felt like that, if that makes sense. Like when I do a cable crunch with the, um, like on my knees pulling down, um, you know, I like, I feel it. I'm like, Oh my, like, I'm like, Oh, this shit got stronger. And you know, like, I don't know, like it feels good. I have not found an exercise that makes me feel that way for my like lower. Okay. Wait, let's talk through this. Um, because there is something you can try. So, um, yes, when you're hanging off your pull-up bar, you are trying to bring your knees to your chest. Yes, that's mm-hmm. your knee raises. Yep. You can do that same thing off the ground and connect your tonal to your, like, either ankles or your, like, the your midfoot. So, like, if you have straps, mm-hmm. you would sit on your butt, hands are on the floor, and you would kind of, like, lean back a little bit, and then you would just mm-hmm. drive your knees to your chest. So you would kind of be in like a like a V position. Do you, do you do you have the weight on your feet? Is that what you're saying? Like you pull yes. With so you would, yes. So you would pull. So yes, the, that's the resistance would be somehow connected to either your ankles or your feet, and you're on the floor just driving your knees to your chest, and that's going to give you that same sensation or stimulus that you would get from hanging, mm-hmm. um, and trying to do like a knee raise or leg raise. Okay. So that may be more comfortable for you. I'll try to find something like that. Uh, it, 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 I can't think of anything off the top of my head. And then using my imagination, it seems a little bit awkward mm-hmm. to like try to, which it's possible. By the way, most of the time when I work out, I would like work out barefoot because um, it's in my garage. You know, it's, it's easy and comfortable. Uh, but if I were to put shoes on, I could, I can imagine like using one of the straps, strapping it, you know, to my foot and then like using that to pull. Mm-hmm. But if, in my head, in my imagination, it feels awkward. <laughs> so that's that's the thing. Like when you have these limitation or issues, 
Mm-hmm. Then you have to get creative. And so the question is, how much creativity do you have? Mm-hmm. Um, and just where will it lead you? And so I think that would be a good place to try to start. So mm-hmm. you want those leg raises. You know you can't do them when you're hanging because of the back as a limitation. So the question is, what other orientations can you get that leg raise motion? And then mm-hmm. what type of resistance can you add to that motion? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to go through the different options and, and, and try to incorporate those in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've felt um, out of all the things, you know, bicycle kicks feel the best because I get to feel a burn after yes. a while. I have to do a, a more of them than I'd like, but I eventually feel a burn. Um, yeah, there's like... I just want to put weight on it. I just want to put like, I yeah, just like that's the, I just want to, I just want to feel the way that I've built all my other muscles is here's something very heavy and I can just focus like that isolated movement and it feels great. And like when I start, you know, there's a lot of like little muscle joint things that are, you know, not perfect. Um, and those get in the way like of, a lot of these other movements I feel to, you know, I'm like, Oh, I want to focus on this one, but I can't focus on this one because this thing is in the way. So that's the one thing about core work that I, I'm trying to figure out like, like when working with clients or working with myself, like what's the best way to train this? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times you say, all right, we're doing core work. You grab a mat, you get that person on the floor and there's like no weights involved. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is that the best way? Why is that so different than how we work all those other muscles where we just throw weight on them and say, do it for this many reps? Because yeah. like yeah. bicycle kicks are great. You get a feedback where you feel that burn and you're like, oh, maybe yeah. I'll get a six pack. But that's yeah. after like 60, 70 bicycles. Exactly. You're, you're, you got to do, you got you to gotta, you gotta go to like the three digits. Yes. Feeling so the, like you're doing something. Yeah. And so the, the question is always like, all right, let's say I only wanted to do 12 reps. Am I able to get that same burn if I right. can add some weight? And is that better? Is that easier to adhere to or is that more efficient? It would, I mean, so I, in my opinion, be 100% better. And in fact, I just recently, like, as I'm like scrolling through different, you know, YouTube videos on fitness and different trainers and stuff like that, uh, there's a prompt. I don't remember watching it, but like, there's a prompt, like, what's the best number of reps? Right. Like, and, and there is, and that is sort of like defined and kind of understood and accepted of like, if your goal is X, do this many reps. If your Mm -hmm. goal is Y, do this many reps. Right. But it's never 60. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, having, having that like equivalent thing for abs. Oh dude, I'd be doing that shit every day. Yeah, so that's so like with my training now, I've been trying to add external loading to my core work and seeing how that mm-hmm. progresses things. Um, like because like with clients, usually I just work on stability stuff. So like we'll do bicycle kicks, we'll do crunches, things like that. Mm-hmm. But like planks are huge, side planks are huge because that should improve their quality of life a little bit better, just because mm-hmm. it teaches them to protect their spine. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me in general, I, I play around a bit and say. Because I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to work this muscle? Like, is it through these holds that I make the clients do because they're safe and they have carryover to regular life? Yeah. Will they get six packs through that? 
or do you need more movement and do you have to externally load that movement? What's the safest way to do that? What are the results of doing that type of training? Because like anything over 20 reps, you're just like, I've been here too long. I mean, sometimes, yeah, like it, I, that's I don't have the patience for it. Um, I definitely don't have the patience. I mean, I'm, I'm doing it, but it's it's very frustrating. Right. It's mm -hmm. very. Fr and, and the other thing is, like, I go day to day. I don't remember waking up the next day and be like, oh, my core is sore. Yes. Like, like I'm like, all right, let's just do this again. Am I making a difference? No idea. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, I can think of a movement, though. I just am not capable of doing this. I, I've been actually, like, playing around with it. But if I could do a handstand, Mm -hmm. then I feel like I could get, I could put weight on top and like squeeze down, you know, but when I try to do a headstand, my, <laughs> the blood rushes <laughs> to my head and it doesn't feel good. <laughs> so, uh, but that's sort of like that in, like, I feel like the reason like the upper is so much easier is because I'm able to like, it's, it's fully activated with those um, pull down crunches. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm like, ah, how do I do the re reverse? <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> do the bottom. <laughs> Can I get arms on my legs? And you know, and that's kind of what you were suggesting. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a journey. You know, I, I'm very externally motivated, <laughs> so uh, there's, you know, I'm. I was talking to my cousin about this. Like, I'm like, I, like, I have a pretty good body, but like, I I don't like taking my shirt off. Mm -hmm. it, it, I, I'm not filled with like confidence when I take my shirt off and that is like it, it's an external motivator sure like, but like you know that's what I want to be able to do and I want to be able to do it not because I'm like oh I love my I feel good about being in my body kind of fucking shit I want to because I'm like ah, like I'm sh showing what I've accomplished yes so um yeah um yeah, it's a journey it's a journey i hate it <laughs> <laughs> i hate it but like after watching the arnold documentary you know where like you know where he, he at one point he, he's 75 or something right like he still looks stupid good for a 75 year old you know but you know he's like he he's like yeah things are like not falling apart i'm like yeah at this point in your age things are falling apart you're doing great um and uh, he's like, should I like get like, sir, you know, just like surgically removed, whatever. And he's like, and he's like, at this point, like, it's just all about maintaining. So like, you know, he says that and I'm like, fuck, like, if I don't get the results that I've been striving for, for my entire life, right? Like, there's going to be a point where they aren't going to be achievable. I really got to go ham now because it's, it's, it's now or never, you know what I mean? Like, and well, it, could you it, repeat so, that? It actually just. Yeah, I said that like it feels like this is sort of like the now or never mm -hmm. for for getting these results. Like it's time to go ham. It's time to really, you know, just go all out because at a certain point it is going to transition to strictly maintenance. Yeah. Yes. Know? Yes. Like not losing versus so versus gaining. That's the one thing. Mm. Well. Mm. This is playing off of what Arnold. Yes. Know, this, like, yes. Yeah. So, 
I would say there's two ways to think about it because you don't like oh you're breaking up you... quite a lot Brandon you're breaking up a lot buddy today's episode is filled with technical difficulties <laughs> <laughs> yeah it actually just disconnected and said it was trying to reconnect uh can you hear me I can okay cool beats so yeah that's an interesting way to think. So right now you're saying like, hey, I need to get fit now because like in my later years, it's going to be all maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, yes and no. And the reason I say that is because like if someone started lifting when they were older, I would never want them to think like, hey, like all you can do is maintain. Like <laughs> like you're too, you're old as dirt. You right. can't build anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see. I see. I see. Like, I see where you're coming from, and you know, I am. There's there's levels, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, of accomplishment, and I want to. You you know, can you go from never lifting to starting to lift in your 30s or 40s, and get to 300 pound, you know, like uh, presses? Sure, sure, right. Mm-hmm. Can you get to 500? I don't know. Yes. Um, can yeah. you like, you know, can you, if you're like, oh, you know, I'm trying to be mobile and fit and I'm starting late. Cool. Right. But like, for me, the focus is like, can I get this fucking six pack? And I know <laughs> that there is, that there is a limit where that is just not going to be, it is, it is swimming against the current. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. So yes, I would say, it's never too late to get fit, but based on when you start, you may have to clear out all your baggage before you can actually go about your journey. So like, Mm -hmm. if you're like, Oh, I want a six pack and I'm 50. Is it too late? It's like, no, but like, where, what's your starting point? How much baggage do we need to clear out before we actually get on a road for your six pack journey? And so that may be like fixing some of your limitations or some of your tightnesses like because they yeah, will affect yeah. the journey yeah yeah and i mean and this is why i'm still putting emphasis on mobility mm. um but like you know where i find myself is that i have been on a fitness journey pretty much my whole life and i just having like i'm not i'm not far away i just don't know how to get that last 10 percent <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that last ten percent feels incredibly out of reach, mm-hmm. um, and so you know the questions I'm asking myself is: Am I not pushing myself hard enough? There are some things that are obvious, but they're very difficult to fix, like sleep. You yes, know, like, uh, it's it's like I know I'm not sleeping, but um, as I try to do that, I can't just solely focus on that. I still want to continue to at least build muscle like somewhere in there i'm getting stronger mm-hmm. um so that's the journey that's 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 what uh yeah this has been a fun like very focused episode oh no um, yeah no i had i i've had a great time i love talking about fitness <laughs> uh so i think we should we'll definitely have a lot more fitness episodes mm-hmm. um and i think it'd be fun maybe for the next one to again bring some other folks in and kind of let you guys uh like again i'll kind of mediate and throw in my two cents here and there but hear that kind of conversation uh more of a as a fly in the wall um but uh if you know i'm kind of be i like the idea of having some of these kind of focus episodes and then seeing where uh what maybe the next 
kind of topic is. And that's mm -hmm. not to say that we can't deviate about what's happening in our lives either. But yes. Um, is there anything that is happening in your life that you kind of feel called to uh, dive into? Uh, no. Last time we talked, I talked about my drive to just get more out of my job slash career as a trainer mm -hmm. um, and what that looks like. Um, right now, that looks like just training more. Just So the one thing I took away from our last talk, you said, if you, eh, I'm paraphrasing horribly, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's if you're not happy, you're whoa, paraphrasing very badly. If you're not happy, maybe you're just not the best at that, that thing you want to do. Mm -hmm. And so my goal is just to be a better personal trainer. So I've been reflecting on my training, how I have progressed, what I have learned, and trying to package that in the best way so that I can help clients better. I love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad that that like that some of these conversations are like they kind of ripple into our lives. Mm -hmm. So that's 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 amazing. Um. I'll share a little bit with me and maybe food for thought for future conversation. Um, I've been wrestling quite a bit with fate um, yeah. as a, just a theme. Um, so much there, so much there. I've been, uh, so, so I started using uh, threads on Instagram a little bit. And okay. They're just like rent like i'm not taking it seriously at all i don't really give a shit but like i started like using it as like a journal like a journal of random thoughts like if you read it you're like oh my god this guy is like constantly high but like <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're uh they're just you know they're just like thoughts right out of context thoughts and um the the patterns of things that i've sort of been observing are is this sort of like What's the right path? What should you be doing? Are you not surrendering enough? Surrendering to what? Like, like, like the, it's the faith. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the, it's a, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a thing that isn't making me feel, um, yeah, very much transitioning into awesome. Isn't making me feel very much of my masculine. You know what I mean? In 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 like I'm steering this fucking ship. Um, uh, yes. Okay. And um, but you know that's that's sort of it's going. Sorry, if you're welcome to kind of dig in more. Yeah. I, so yeah, yeah I got a question. Ooh, give me one second to phrase this. So when we first talked about making this podcast fitness related, or making this episode fitness related, we said there are a lot of parallels that you can draw from like a fitness journey to like your real life. Mm -hmm. And now, so you're talking about fate. Um, and you, now when you talk about fate, are you trying, are you saying like there are things that's happening that you have no control over? Like yeah. that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it is other people and other people's feelings towards me. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I think, you know, to really get to the core of it, 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 it it's that, um, like I met this, uh, amazing person, um, this last weekend, I guess it was. So. Um, and it's really 
clear and obvious to me, but you know, that person's doing what an individual other person does, you know, they're, they're doing themselves and, and there's nothing that you can force like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, like you kind of, you're like, what do I do? Well, I guess I let go. I guess I move on. I guess I distract myself. Do I, you know, reach the God to the universe and like, you know, like, am I not doing something? Like, is this fate? Is this mm. like the, those those are the themes that keep coming up? And yes. It's very, you know, I I I do a lot of journaling now and I wrote down um got a lot of clarity on like the life achievements that I want. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I'm so eager to move forward with my life and to be happy. I mean, I am like, I'm good. I'm, I feel good. It's just, and I'm not perfect, obviously. Right. Like I'm noticing little things in myself. Like I'm like, oh, there's a little bit of anxiousness here. There's a little bit of that here. Right. Like, and I'm making adjustments, but like, fuck, fuck. Like, this is a, yes, this is a hard one. Yes. Cause this is a hard one because one way someone could like look at a situation, they could say, like, whoa, just do you pitch your energy out there and the universe will provide for you mm-hmm. but you've been doing that already like you've been living your life you've been doing things that you feel like will progress you along um will make you a better person but you haven't gotten you're kind of like stuck like you're 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 stuck at this level like your your level has been capped exactly yes exactly and it's it and, and i don't like and i don't feel that like i'm growing but I'm at the point where I can grow much further, much faster with a partnership. Yes. So like, Uh. so I'm like, if the universe wants me to grow, like that's how you like, that's the next step in the evolution. Do do that for me. Yeah. Do that for me. Like, but that's a hard one because so just to uh, close out the thought that I was uh, like teasing at about fitness is like, well, when you have this goal in mind, like you set a program and you just do it and you say, to my goal, maybe it won't, but you just keep working at it. And you like you have been doing those steps. You have been you have a way of living that is decent, that you feel like that you feel like makes you happy, makes you feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But you you are no closer to your goal than you were when you first started. And that's the issue here. Yeah. Like I've grown as a person, but not mm-hmm. you know, not those other kind of like life achievement things. And yes, and we touched on this before. Like, yes, I could pursue some of them, not all of them. I could pursue some of them individually, but it's going to be a dis- like I have to set my mind aside. Mm-hmm. I have to ignore something that is true. So, anyways, I like. Honestly, we if we go down this rabbit hole, it, it will be another hour. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's a t- because I don't. 
like I don't know how I don't know where you go from there because someone could just say just continue being you but mm-hmm. yeah, at a certain point is. being you doesn't work <laughs> I guess you could say yeah yeah I mean it sometimes feels that way it sometimes feels that way where I like I reflect and I'm like why am why is this not good enough mm-hmm. you know uh and what can I change and do I accept this right like accepting accepting what's in front of you sometimes um is sometimes a good thing I'd say most yes. of the time is a good thing but sometimes it's they're we have another name for them self-limiting beliefs like it's you know the idea that like there's this thing that you desire and you can't be this happy you have to settle to be this happy Uh, like fuck that the one thing yes the one thing i always think about is like is is austin the right place to find this like like you travel a lot do you feel like when you travel you connect a little bit better with the people you meet in different areas or you think it doesn't matter about that like you will find a person no matter where you're at well i figured out the woman i'm looking for (laughs) Um, yeah be very clear here um she yeah i mean some I guess to boil it down, because <laughs> I had to say this out loud a couple of days ago, um, feminine, mm-hmm. bit of a hippie, okay. and um, good conversation. Like someone who balances me out from another point of view. I have a very rational mind. I'm a very re- like, like logic-oriented person. I want that to be loved and embraced and seen as a perfect polar to her and I want a polar to me and I feel that I have learned to um, to listen and understand and be patient and be curious and to be able to kind of like hold the space for both perspectives so that is what I'm looking for, right? I'm not looking for someone who is incredibly shot, like a shallow kind of hippie girl. Like I'm looking for someone with depth and growth and potential, but there's almost like this type that's, that's become very clear. And there is a lot of that in Austin. Okay. There's a lot of that in Austin. Um, and, you know, um, as I've traveled, I've found glimpses of those same types of women in other parts, but that's what's that's what's drawing me. Like it's very kind of clear. Um, I don't know if it's a trap, but um, you know, because I have thought it was just like maybe I should just be with um, um, someone who's very grounded, very whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe that'll serve me better, right? Just that, and it doesn't excite me at all. So mm. um, I feel that Austin for now is that place, and mm. you know, and as as I kind of keep the doors very open, um, and I'm also hoping this person, you know, knocks. But you know, again, this is like finding that finding that balance um 
there's I'm putting myself into opportunities where I may find those individuals. Yes. Um, but, but ultimately as I do that, as I like try to be my best self and show up it is still not up to me, Mm -hmm. the universe, right? It's up to the other person to see it, to trust it, to take a leap. And I am doing my best not to force it. I'm doing my best because I know that what real happiness is going to look like is when they choose me. Yes. They truly, truly choose me when they come to me. Not like, but when you want something like that, re- resisting, resisting that and being like, nope, I'm not going to, I'm going to put a leash on myself. Like that is what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough one. So, like, whenever I travel, like I like I'm in a relationship right now and I'm happy. But whenever I travel, like I just look around and see how people are different. Like, see how the girls are different. Like, see how everyone is different. And it's like, are do different locations have a higher majority of like people who are like this, people who are like that? and are you out of luck when you are in an area that doesn't vibe with your ideal person? Um, mm-hmm. Or can you just find that anywhere? It's just like the groups you visit, the places you go. I mean, statistics are statistics. I think that <laughs> if you are in an area that has more of the type of person that you're looking for, regardless of what it is that you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to be in a, you want to be in movies. You probably are better off being in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, there are different, you know, different types of women out there. And um, there, there's so much that has been lost. And I feel like maybe this is a conversation just to con- for, for, for another topic because we can go really long on this one is, uh, you know, the kind of relationship conversation, date, what's dating like. Um, and, you know, there is the type of woman that I'm looking for is, is such a high quality woman, if, at least for me, from my point of view, right? Uh, there's preferences, certainly, that that, per- that person feels like they have infinite choice. And I feel that most of the time they do not settle on me with, through some combination of fear or frankly, well, I don't need to, I don't need to go. I don't need to commit. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, we, we have had this historical thing with um, commitment, like men are bad at committing, right? Like biologically speaking or whatever, like getting a man to commit to marriage or something like that was like the thing that was the cliche in movies and whatever. Right. Yes. Yes. And I feel like it's, Again, from the microcosm world that I live in, it feels like women are so empowered that they don't want to commit. And not to say that that's a bad thing that, that women are empowered, but it, you know, it, 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 it where I find myself is in a, in a position of like, do you need a PowerPoint? <laughs> like, what? what is seem it seems so clear ah do you know what you're looking what are you searching what are you you, searching for do you feel like if you were younger it would be easier like would your mindset be a little bit different 
because like like because your mindset right now is like like it's family time right well to let's be very clear right i am not entering any relationship and starting a family okay like it's not it it almost does not matter how old i am uh, we are going to we are going to build history. Like I've accepted that, like, there's not, I'm not going to put a number on it. Like how long, how short, I don't really know, but there's a, there, there's gotta be this like level of not, I, I think I might've talked about this before. I think the definition of love is trust. It mm-hmm. is something that builds every single day. There is no limit. There's no point where you're like, got it. We, we now trust each other can trust each other more every day that you can love each other more every day but i know uh there is a feeling that i have that like okay we've gotten to this point of trust i feel at ease right yes i feel at enough ease where um we can push the envelope a little bit more and then see how you respond see how i respond right like that's a relationship and i just want to be in a relationship i'm not looking for marriage or settling down i am simply taking my partner very seriously gotcha you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm trying to choose a partner i'm not trying to choose somebody to sleep with yes uh and so there's 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 that intention and i where i am at is and yes i am you know coming into it clearly in a lot of these conversations and i think you know the person on the other side sees that and loves that and then but it's not for me right now and (laughs) and i'm like okay you know what what there is nothing that i can think of to do there even though i know like uh, there's no guarantee, but you and I, we could, we could do something beautiful together, mm-hmm. right? So uh, why not? Yeah. You're not you're not taking that chance because you have so much choice, and I don't think it's just time. I don't think it's just time. Mm. Yeah, that is a uh, that is a tough one. Uh... <laughs> Just waiting, brother. I'm just waiting for them to fucking see me and fucking appreciate me. Maybe. And 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 I'm doing my best not to not to be like a super bitter like man as I you know as, as I as I get older. But if I get to my fucking deathbed and I'm like, this is where I'm at. I'm fucking like, fuck you, universe. Fuck you. Well, you suck. <laughs> you suck. I did my best. It feels like there's been like a switch in the like dynamic like you are the quote-unquote uh no disrespect but like the lady waiting like her your eggs are your eggs are not getting in the <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah. like that's, that's what funny. it seems like and everyone's just like oh no i got time it's like but i don't have time and so i don't want to waste time yes I, it's it's yes that's that the yes that's the thing time. yes i have i have a shit ton of time dude i'm young as fuck but like I am stagnating. I mm-hmm. hate stagnating. I am in the same position and I am, I don't want to be in it. 
right? And I don't want to be in it and I don't want to move on from the thing that I desire and want. So I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck on my own choice and listen, right? I could, again, we've talked about this before, like choose some radical thing that they will fuck this. I'm going to go do this. And then, and, and maybe that's what the universe wants me to do. But like, I'm like, I'm in control, not you. I should be able to make the decision that I think is the smart decision, the good decision, the, the, the whatever, my decision. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I shouldn't have to, in any of and this is, you know, round and round and round we go, but like, uh, it, it's, I'm meeting these people, I'm meeting, I'm meeting, this, meet, you know, I'm meeting women that are just, um, yeah, women, universe, God feels like all the same thing. So, Mm-hmm. I, I've, 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 I've coupled I've very much coupled my relationship with like spirituality so <laughs> relationships it, it, to me it is like one and the same so um, I do have a book I'd recommend actually yes yeah. Hold on. I, I, there's, I'm on my second one now uh, so I'll recommend both I haven't finished the second one yet I'm close so the first one I might have mentioned before it was the the Way of the Superior Man by David Bayoda. Okay, I think that one sounds familiar. Okay, so I it was it was interesting, okay. very interesting. There's there's lots of jugs in there. Um, it um, I can't say that every chapter will resonate, but enough will. You're like, oh. mm-hmm. the the one that I'm um, more than halfway through now, I guess, is the Untethered Soul. This book is feels useful but it's also my like third fifth iteration around a lot of the same ideas yeah that i feel like i'm finally understanding things understanding very woo -woo things but like understanding them uh like i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i've I've tried to explain this to my cousin he left uh so i'm not gonna try to explain this to you but i feel like i finally understand what like a heart chakra is Okay. Or like a throat chakra. Like like when I say understand it more than just like it was explained and I can reiterate, like I'm like, oh I feel it. Like I'm becoming sensitive to it. Okay. And and whether it's an idea and a nocebo or whether it's real, real, right? Because again, there's like can you observe it? Oh no. Right. Um, it is becoming more tangible for me. Um, and so this book has been helping a lot with that and um and even whether this thing is again real or not real a lot of the you know these ideas in general they are helping me be happier like they're yes. really good tools um you know it's another type of therapy <laughs> <laughs> so i'd recommend that as well um but that's it man that's it this has been an awesome awesome conversation i want to do these a lot more frequently Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so So the next so we talked a little bit about the topics we want to do so you want to do politics for one correct oh that's right yeah i mean yeah i would say you are more so we'll we'll just talk a little bit about it you are more politically mature than me more knowledgeable i've been paying it i've been i i was very much into like um, politics in like high school and that kind of bled and continued you know mm-hmm. what I mean but I can't say that I recently have given a shit 
Yeah, same. So, so it's it's a hard like it, if you're like you know what's the current situation? I don't know, man. Like yes, I think if we have this conversation around politics, it's going to be more of a conversation around uh, ideals and systems mm-hmm. rather than like a conversation uh, of like what's the next election going to look yes, like? I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's what's be the current? What's the current current climate? What do you feel yeah. about this? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not. I mean, we can. And if and if you if you find something interesting, like well, like let's go in. I'm I'm I'm, I'm down for that. But I've been very very, you know, disenchanted mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and just sort of kind of stop caring because yes. the, the, the amount of idiocracy and yes. the amount of like clearly wrong choices is uh, exhausting. Yes, and that's seeing the hard how polarizing thing. people get around this stuff sometimes like friends i'm just like i can't yes and that's the hard thing when it comes to politics because it's like well one where do you get your information from mm-hmm. and does that shape your view are you like some diehard extremist with your information where you like you refuse to listen to anyone's else anyone else's opinion yeah. um do you get easily upset if someone disagrees with you? So it's it's always so volatile, and it's like, well, why are you so angry? Like we're just trying to talk. Yeah, yeah, it's identity. Yes, <laughs> it's identity. identity yeah, and it, it, it's it has Politics gotten pretty is, uh, weird. Yeah. Um. Let's let's definitely make that a, a topic. I don't know if the we should make this our next topic, or kind of reserve this for some inspiring news. I don't know. I mean, eventually the elections are coming, but I'm, I'm down either way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think uh, this week, you, you know, kind of decided for fitness, let you decide what you feel like, what you'd like to do for next week. So uh, like text me, let me know. And then yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do that. And I'd love to, I'd love to record, uh, love to record next Sunday again. I just, uh, you know, I, I know their, their schedules are kind of, might be too soon, but I don't, yeah, these are fun. So um, that's, it. that's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me too. Yeah. So I'll, I'll shoot you some text if I feel like we have a good topic to uh, like talk about. Like I like the questions. So like I, I probably, if I think of a topic, probably mm-hmm. want to see how many questions I can spawn up from that topic and go from there. Because um, mm-hmm. the topics or the questions really helped like shape the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I was like, you know, we can add a little more structure to entropy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, brother, enjoy the yes. rest of your Sunday. Uh, yes, this is fun, and I'm gonna yes. click some buttons, edit, publish. Talk to you gotcha. Later. Yes, this was fun. Thank you for tuning in, everyone, and yeah, have a good Sunday.